Welcome back to the Daily Hype Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pollard, and every week I am bringing you five episodes to help you up-level your life, grow your business, if that's for you, and see the world a little bit differently. We are so happy to have you here, so let's get this started, shall we? Guys, we are all lucky that we get to listen to the gem herself, Kate Coffey, today. She found me, we started working together, just kind of refining some back-end systems. Her service, excuse me, her service itself does not need any help because she's such an intuitive leader. I would almost call her a healer for really high-achieving people. She's kind of saying, listen, you want to achieve so much in life. You are ambitious. You are craving more. And in order to do that, and I fully believe this, you have to unpack some really deep stuff sometimes. And you want a safe place to do it. And I think a lot of people experience in therapy that you know, they go to work through some things and they leave feeling devastated or drained or pulled apart. And what Kate is doing is so revolutionary. She's doing things in a completely different way that anybody else is using a very proprietary technique, which she will talk about. But also everybody leaves her sessions feeling really good and uplifted. And I think that that's kind of like what the point of internal work should be is that you leave feeling lighter and It's things like that that just make you start to realize that she's someone really special. The first time we talked, I instantly felt connected to her. I know that you will feel the same. There's something about her that you just feel like she's like a hug as a person, but also extremely knowledgeable and so... I mean, I can't say any other word, but just so intuitive, so tapped in to what her clients need, so tapped into the kind of energy that she wants to relay. And as somebody who is so analytical and by the books and strategic as I am, I love having people on this podcast that show more of that emotive flow, that more like feminine flow um, that I know all of us kind of need to balance out. So Tune in to Kate. I cannot say enough incredible things about her. I personally cannot recommend her services enough as well. And I'm excited for you guys to just hear a little bit more about our really incredible, raw, real conversation with the Miss Kate Coffey. Enjoy. So Kate, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you here because I obviously love all of my clients equally, but sometimes you have a conversation with someone and you're like, everyone on the planet needs to know who you are. And to me, like you are that person. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Ashley. It's such an honor. You know, I felt that way when I saw your profile for the first time, I thought, oh my gosh, this girl has it going on and I need her in my world. So it's such a blessing to connect with you. And I'm so happy to be here. And now I already just, I just introduced you. So they like already know that I love you and that you're great and a little bit about you, but why don't we hear from you? Like, tell us a little, give us the little elevator pitch and then we'll get into like the good stuff, but like, give us that, the Kate coffee elevator pitch. I am an embodiment and empowerment coach for women, and I have been in business now for a year. With COVID, I saw my friends and family just 
struggling and I decided to start offering some of the work that I had spent years doing myself. I've always been interested in, you know, growing, evolving, learning how to be a better person and just be more grounded and happy in my life day to day. So I started offering breathwork classes and it turned into deep work, which is what I love to do. So I am just really enjoying this work that I'm doing now. I have one-on-one clients and I've done group programs for women. The last group program I just did was all around shifting out of the pandemic and the heaviness of this year. Mm -hmm. And using embodiment practices to support you in moving through emotions. So you have all of this incredible stuff. You have, you know, you created this course to get people through the pandemic. I think that more important what you're doing is you're kind of like helping women see themselves. It's kind of like a basic way of writing almost, right? Yes. I would say that exactly. I would say that, you know, I'm supporting women in just understanding that no matter where they are in life, that they have a right to their own support systems. They have a right to their own embodiment. Mm. They have a right to their own emotions, like the whole thing, right? Exactly. All of the things. And, um, with this course, I really wanted to show them that there is no right or wrong way to start to move through emotions. A lot of the times women feel like they're too emotional and there's something wrong with them. And they try and shut down pieces of themselves to be less intense, or they feel like they're too much. And they try and hide these pieces of themselves from their partner, their friends, their family, Um, and with, with that comes, uh, a sort of false self. Mm. I've been there, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. The false self is something that people don't even realize that they are portraying. Mm -hmm. And the work that I try and do is to, melt away all of those faces that we put on that Mm. we were taught very young of how to get love. So whether that's to be the super giver or the supremely successful one, you know, all of these peacemaker. Yes. Um, They are in a way, all of all a self abandonment of your truth, what your needs are. And that is a big theme for women specifically Mm. of sacrificing, putting themselves second, sacrificing their needs and tapping into the body, for example, through breath, which is one of the practices that I do with my clients. I wanted to ask you about that, specifically about breath work. Now, I'm super goopy, I'll be honest, right? And what I mean by that is like, I love all of the new age meditation embodiment, wellness. Like I love the new Mm -hmm. shit. I like to like try a new self-help way, right? I've been reading self-help books since I was 13 just because I was fascinated by the psychology. I was fascinated by with introspection and self-awareness. I'm sure that you are the same, right? And 
what's really cool is that I know a little bit about breath work. I know a little bit about different methods. Obviously, there's like Wim Hof. I'm sure there's other things as well. And I know that there are some people who follow me that know about these things also, but I would bank that 80% of the people who follow me have no idea what breath work means. Do you want to like just give us the scoop here? Like what, what comes into that? What is that? What's included in this? Yes. So you're right on the money. There are so many ways to do breath work and a lot of different methods, a variety of methods. Anyone who's been exposed to breath work has probably gone into a breathwork class at a yoga studio and tried mm. it that way. And typically in those classes, you lay down on the floor, you close your eyes and you do a double inhale and then exhale for 20, 30 minutes with music. And it's quite intense. You get to a space where your whole body is vibrating. Sometimes your hands shut down. Like it's a lot going on in the body. Really? The type of breath work that I do is different than that. I focus completely on this idea of containment. So instead of taking you to a place where there's so much energy moving through your body, it can seem overwhelming in the moment, but then it feels good at the end, kind of Mm -hmm. like a workout class, Mm -hmm. which happens in most yoga studios. I practice breath work where you're doing a series of 10, 20, 30 breaths, and then sitting and feeling into the energy and really feeling the immediate aliveness that you get, you receive from those breaths. And through the constant check-in, you're always trying to feel what you're feeling in your body, where you're feeling it and where you're not. And when I work with clients- Is it like pressure? Is it like ease? Yeah. So there's a lot of different body sensations, all of which are good. There can be heat. You can get really hot. You can get cold. There's vibration. A lot of people feel vibrating in their face in certain parts of your body. And the type of breath work that I do, we, I have specific breaths to tap into different areas of the body. So for example, with women, I do a lot of pelvic work. So whether that is you're laying on the floor and there's a slight pelvic rock, um, but we hold so much. This is, first of all, this, the um, source of our power, our creativity. And so opening up that area and creating energy and sort of moving stagnant blocks that is that are in our uterus and in that whole pelvis area is super powerful and wow. really, um, you know, really life-changing. And what's cool is about tapping into those different areas of the body, memories are actually stored there. I have a client who's 65, who two weeks ago, we were doing this breath work after, you know, talking a little bit about where she's currently stuck. And I said, let's tap into this area. We started there and immediately after one or two minutes, she had a memory come that she forgot about from when she was like eight years old You're kidding. and that she remembered she said that was where it started and the the incident itself wasn't something that you would think is traumatic but she realized oh my gosh this is why I am behaving like this and to me that is why the body is so incredible we don't body even keeps realize the score. yes exactly we don't even realize that 
the work we could do through trying to figure out the story over and over again in session after session when things keep coming up, it can take years to try and figure out the root. And it can take years of someone, that therapist trying to really get to know you, your story, your background, your family history. There can be so much. Sure. And I'm like, let's cut that. Let's cut right to it. Because <laughs> you know, there is a part of your body that yes. knows where the trauma is being held, what that trauma is, and you don't have to seek out the external to like walk through 12 sessions to figure out what exactly is coming up, what's the trigger, because your body knows it, yes. and it and it's stored. Exactly. And then we are able to go deeper in with the breath to get to a place of essentially resolution. You know, sometimes it takes several sessions, but there's immediate relief through knowing what's there. And then through continuing with the breath, you actually are able to fill that area with beauty and goodness. And we, we say mantras and we, you know, we try and balance out what was there, the misbelief that was there before. We are recognizing it as a misbelief and we are saying, this is the truth. Mm. And through that process, it, it's very profound. And although I'm not in any way trying to rush anyone's healing, it is just fascinating how quickly things can shift and how quickly huge awarenesses can come into your space. And through the embodiment, which mm. comes with breath, it creates lasting change and deeper knowing because the mind can only take you so far sure. because again, the body keeps the score. So you can tell yourself all day <laughs> a story, right? right? But if you don't create that feeling of safety in the body and deep, deep knowing, then it's harder and takes longer for the body to get on board. You know, it's so funny. First of all, all of this is blowing. I mean, it's fascinating. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I had – who was it? Somebody was telling me about something that they got done. I don't know where they went. I don't, like, know what it was necessarily. But, like, it was so crazy because they were with some person. I, it wasn't a shaman, but some sort of, like, leader of a ceremony who would say different statements, things like, I'm loved by my parents and my body is beautiful. And it, it – those statements are spread out within like three to five minutes. And that person is supposed to take notice of what's happening where, because if you have some sort of like, let's say body image issue, right? And you start to notice that like your stomach tenses up, then that would mean something than if your toes curl in. It might mean something different than if your shoulders rise. Like it's so funny. And, you know, the body keeps the score is this idea. It's also a book about the fact that we all carry trauma. We all carry baggage. You know, you want to be the person that like doesn't carry baggage. Well, guess what? Your baggage is that you don't want to face the baggage that you have. And we all have something and your body will trap it and work in a certain way because of it, which is like, it's so crazy, isn't it? Isn't that crazy to think about? The beautiful thing is that our body is trying to help us survive. Mm -hmm. And you have to remember that we learned how to survive as kids, which is when we started integrating these patterns. All of us, no matter how amazing our parents were, we were our needs were not met at all times, which right. means 
we have our own ways of coping and of trying to have love, be lovable and all of that. So it's recognizing as an adult, I might not even be aware of how the way I learned how to move through life is actually keeping me stuck and small. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't even have to be deep trauma. It can be really subtle ways. And my work- Tiny learning, sorry, I'm cutting you off. Tiny learnings, like these tiny things. To your point about your client, right? You know, there there was something that I realized about myself where I was like, oh my God, that's why I do that. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't like something horrific happened. It was just like, something that I noticed in my mom, again, not bad, but I was like, oh my God, that's why I do this. How funny is that? Yes, exactly. And, and it's having deep compassion for ourselves, you know, not Mm. comparing our, our trauma, our childhood to others, understanding again, this concept that we all walk through life impacted by our childhood. And we all have what I call like a level of aliveness meaning whatever is comfortable to you, how much connection is comfortable, how much love is comfortable, how much goodness is comfortable. Are you someone that you're leaving a soul cycle class and you feel amazing and you immediately are looking at your schedule the next day? Because that is not staying in the goodness. You are immediately in the future and you are interrupting the flow that you're currently experiencing. Mm -hmm. That is as minuscule as how much aliveness can you tolerate? How much can you sit in it and deserve and feel deserving of it? I'm talking about subtle things. And that's why this work can be so impactful for absolutely everyone. Because right. I'm someone, I'm always like, wow, look at that slight interruption. You know, if you have a deeply connected uh, you know, moment with your partner, are you staying in it? Or are you kind of, again, like, oh, I have to go do the dishes now. Like it's this interesting way of noticing your own interruptions. And again, it can be uncomfortable. We all think we want like the best lives ever. We all think, oh my gosh, yes, I want all the good things. Here's the truth. Our body doesn't know it's safe to have all of the good things. Mm. A lot of us are like, When's the other shoe going to drop? Let me interrupt myself now so I don't have to feel that sadness and disappointment. Again, childlike sadness and disappointment. This isn't conscious. Sure. And so- Right, you're not thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Let me interrupt this thought really quick. No, your brain is like, hey, 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 let's put the safety blockers up. Exactly. The brain and the body are trying to protect us and- as well-intentioned as it is, it is keeping us small and stuck in ways that sometimes we're conscious of and other times we're not unconscious of, we're unconscious of them. So this is why the body going there through movement, breath, sound, uh, mantras, telling yourself out loud mantras, out loud, by the way, is very important because all levels, including your subconscious, can hear them when you speak them out loud to yourself. Yeah, I always tell people that like with the power of affirmations, which have been a huge thing for me um, in my life and my own confidence level, you know, the way that my therapist described it to me was that 
you know, when you're thinking thoughts, it's kind of like throwing papers in the air. But when you're saying a thought out loud, you are taking that piece of paper, signing your name on it and putting it into a file folder where it now lives and is part of the work. And that is kind of why I think that there is a science behind affirmations. I'm a really big person who believes in it because listen, you want to walk around and saying, oh, shoot, I made a mistake. Oh, I'm such an idiot. Your brain heard you say that. Like that tiny, tiny, tiny thing is going to affect the way that you think, the way that you believe about yourself. Instead, for instance, we everybody starts square one accelerator with power swaps. I don't allow you to say these things. If you want to ask me a question, don't, don't say, sorry, I have a question. Say, excuse me, I have a question. Um, you know, these different things, A, that we're mm. taught as women, but B, that we're taught as a society to kind of say like, what are the what are the tiny 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 things that we say that is so destructive to ourselves? And if you stand in front of a mirror and you look at yourself in the eyes and you say something out loud like "I'm deserving of love and connection and my body is beautiful for all of the work that it is doing on its own to keep me safe and alive," all of these different things, you will think differently in thirty days. Guarantee it. Mm, I completely agree. I completely agree. My mantras are usually starting with I am it's Mm. a very powerful statement just I am itself is very powerful it's declaring your existence and inherently existing means you're worthy existing means that there is a purpose that you are here and so the first words after we do a full session of breath or work together once we get to a place of groundedness, I have all of my clients repeat out loud, I am three times with nothing a- after. Oh, wait, nothing so you're after. saying your mantra is I am. It not is anything. I am. Wow. That is the, the, that statement in and of itself, I am. When you are in that grounded state, you feel this truth, this sense of self that is so pure and so beyond anything after it. Like I am a doctor, I am a teacher, I am worthy. Like that all, it comes into the I am. The I am statement allows you to access your soul level existence. Sure, like and that, that you, you, you are. are. <laughs> you are, you are. As is. <laughs> yes, as is. And it's a great reminder because it just brings you back to, again, that right here, right now, I'm enough. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to prove. I am. Everything else is extra. Everything else is wonderfully extra. That me existing who I am, as I am, in who I am, accepting myself right now fully as I am, is the ultimate goal of existing and of being a human. And everything else is extra. This is so not what we're taught. The No one right. thinks like that. People go, no, I'm worthy because I bring in 200k a year I'm worthy because I had two amazing kids I'm and that's true that's beautiful but but it's not your worthiness exactly it's it's creating this this outside thing that it is your worth is contingent on which is dangerous territory so for example when you have a relationship and you're like 
oh, I feel so complete and whole with this person, it becomes dangerous if you break up. That's when you feel less than. That's when you feel like you're a missing, you're having a missing piece and and you're just lost, right? right? Or a job. In my case, I was working. I moved to LA from New York after college. I was working at this amazing startup. I was the first hire. I hired a huge group of people. I I had like 30 people under me. I was in this amazing role that I loved so much. I had all these goals. I was like, I'm going to buy myself a Porsche by 26. I felt just like, so like, excited, which was beautiful, loved the role, loved what I was doing, felt really important. All of those beautiful things, loved being a leader. And when our company lost funding and I had to say goodbye to the whole company after two and a half years, I felt so lost. I thought, wait, because you were like, now now? who am I? Who am I now without this role? And that's what really got me on this journey. I said to myself, whoa, I'm experiencing, you know, what a lot of people experience in their life at some point, even if, if it's at retirement, when you let something like that go, something that you've held in for 40 years, perhaps a role or something like that. Sure. And this is heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. The feelings that I was feeling Mm -hmm. of where do, what do I do now? Where do I go now? And I thought there has to be a different answer than getting another job and fixing it that way. There has to be another answer, mm-hmm. which is what got me into this work, searching for the deeper truth, the deeper sense of worth. Mm-hmm. And what was beautiful was then I got a job after a year. I was unemployed for a while, just doing website design, kind of working for myself, trying to just really find myself again. I got a new role, which I, and I loved it. It was amazing. It was, um, another startup fashion startup tech app, which was amazing. And I was within a huge company. I, it was technically within IPG. They started a startup. So I was in this huge corporate building. And (laughs) what was so funny was, uh, there was a lot of sort of social kind of, there was a lot of competition that I wasn't used to from my old startup, obviously, because I was on my own role, but I didn't feel competitive whatsoever. And so a lot of situations there at first, I was a big threat. I didn't even realize until later when I was told, oh, you know, you were a big threat because I didn't play into it. I had this healthy detachment of the role. I didn't play into any of that. I just knew I'm here. I'm showing up. I love this job. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to kill it. I became this person that then everyone came to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that makes sense. And so it was because I did that inner work to not have to say, I'm going to be you know, I'm going to, this is going to be my everything. And that's how a lot of the people there were. A lot of people there were just very, very in it, very deeply in their job, in their role. And I sort of feel like I was able to show just naturally by being, didn't mean to, a a different way 
of right. of showing up to work and that allowed me when that job also went under to not feel anything about it right because was, you had put into place these different practices of like i am a human and even though this experience ended nothing with me ended or is gone or is lost because i am who i am like regardless of the situations that come in or out of my life exactly exactly and knowing that when you're operating from that place technically anywhere can be your spiritual practice any moment can be your spiritual practice so if you don't like your job i totally hear you just know that you can use every opportunity to deepen your connection to self yes deepen your connection to spirit whatever feels right to you some people aren't spiritual so you can deepen your connection to self in those moments and learn how to take care of yourself and that will lead you to the right decision as opposed to making drastic quick decisions and trying to repair and other ways. Yeah, that was right? exactly the work I had to do because I was 27. It was actually we're coming up on it. Um I had a I was in a terrible car accident and my parents had just divorced, something that I kind of thought would probably happen, but then it did, you know, which is obviously always a different reality. You're like, "Oh, I'd be fine." And then you're like, "Oh, well, look at that. I'm not, right?" Um, and so it's like, okay, so I'm not necessarily like a part of this family the way that I was, like our family unit is changing. My relationship with my body has now changed because I was injured. My hands stopped working. I was dealing with some brain functionality, um, which was scary. I was worried about my job. What do I want to do with my career? Now my career identity is changing. And so I did a lot of work after this because I, and thankfully I was aware enough of it to be like, there's too much identity rooting rooted in the external. And I need to really know who I am if like nobody is in my ear, if my job is not my identity, if like this guy I'm dating isn't my identity or, you know, what, like, what do I like? What do I care about? What's important to me? Where do I feel safe inside of myself? What practices? And, you know, I'm a big morning routine person. That's when it started. I was trying all of these different things. Maybe I like to work out in the morning. Maybe I like to work out at night. Maybe I don't like to journal. I like to have a dance party. Maybe I don't like to have a dance party. I like to meditate. Like, what do I do to come back to myself? I'm also an Aries, which is a little fiery. You know, I'm kind of, I'm one of those people who like, I get really riled up when my emotions come over, right? My I'm best like, friend is an Aries, so I know. <laughs> yeah, like you kind of don't want to fuck with me if you get me in the wrong mood kind of thing. People think I'm nice and then I'm like, okay, just yeah. wait. <laughs> Catch me at the wrong time. You know, it's funny. People are like, you're so zen. You know, is that why you love your morning routine is because you're just like a zen person. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I love my morning routine because I'm angry and it helps me become more zen. So just so <laughs> we're clear, that's why I like a morning routine. But, you know, it, I had to do my own work to kind of be like, also, you know what part of it is, is like own your shit. You know what I mean? Like in part of this, like my identity is myself, you have to detach from the fact that like so-and-so hurt your feelings. No, you didn't put a boundary in place. 
Yeah. You didn't know yeah. or love or care about yourself enough to know when a boundary was crossed. You didn't have the communication. You didn't, right? Yeah. So like in this is a really big um, re reckoning, let's call it, of like I own my feelings. I own where I'm at. My identity is not in these external. It is actually super internal. It is because of the soul that is inside of me. It is because the way that I feel about certain things. I'm entitled to my emotions. And I have to own that it's my job to look out for myself because it is nobody else's job, which was a really big lesson for me mm. personally. Mm. Um and I'm sure mm -hmm. like, I mean, this work that you're doing, Kate, is so fascinating to me. And I know that breathwork is something that you've done. It's not necessarily something that you're doing in a major way. I'm sure that you still are in some capacity. But something that I want to hear more from you, it, something that a topic I want to hear about from you is like, you and I spoke about your business and you shared with me that you have um, studied a specific type of, I want to say psychology that was mm -hmm. kind of created or developed by, um, a, or a practice, let's Ever. say, that isn't necessarily like too widely known, but you're really passionate about it. And I know that I'm butchering the overview here. So I'd love for like, I just want to hear more about it because I know that people here are self-aware. They want to hear a new way of viewing themselves in the world and their relationships. So let's just kind of like dive into that. Sure, sure, beautiful. So, integrative body psychotherapy. Integrative body psychotherapy. Body psychotherapy. It was created by Dr. Beverly Morse, and she is still currently my mentor. We had a mastery wow. group with other therapists on Sunday with her. She's in her 80s, and she is just still such a master. And I mean, first of all, she looks like she's 60. I mean, again, she's like, so she just does such beautiful breath work and body work every day. I'm like, okay, girl, I see you. <laughs> separate, separate benefit. Separate you're benefit. like, what's your, what's your wrinkle cream? And you're like integrative body psychotherapy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Feeling into my truth daily. So, um, so yeah, it, this type of therapy is incredible. Jack, her husband who created it as well, um, did all of this research, Eastern philosophies, you know, uh, Gestalt, Freud, Jung, like he just did this broad spectrum and he wrote this book, Body, Self and Soul. It is like a textbook, but oh my gosh, when you open it and you read about especially the early childhood sort of imprint that we all came in with. IBP really focuses on the fact that all of us come in and they, they have this idea that we're all, we're whole and complete when we come in. You can see it in a baby's eyes. You just, they have this deep soul connection. And what happens is stuff starts getting piled on top. So it's like the primary scenario. So the immediate family, how those dynamics work they really impact you. You see how relating works very quickly, how boundaries work. This is where you're taught boundaries in those, in your, in your early family, really. Mm -hmm. And, and then it's other things like school, society, all of that. And then all of a sudden you're forgetting your whole incompleteness, right? Because we're in a society that doesn't teach us to think like that. So that is the idea 
the print, the basis of the therapy. It starts there. It starts with really looking at childhood and dynamics with, between parents. And through that, you learn about your own sense of abandonment and inundation. These are deep, deep, deep core roots that are in all of us that literally affect how we do everything. Totally. I want to just touch on that. So abandonment, obviously it's feelings of, um, you know, someone leaving or being left behind, right? Those sort of feelings. When someone doesn't text us back, that body feeling, whatever that is for you, when you feel neglected, that's your sense of abandonment. And then inundation is this idea of someone coming into your space and being way too close, Mm. way up in your space. And that, that balance, that play, we're constantly shifting between abandonment and inundation, right? right? Not too close, not too far. Mm -hmm. So these are... These are some of the principles of IBP therapy that have really shifted the way that I think about how I do everything. I'm recognizing my feelings of abandonment. I'm recognizing my feelings of when I need to put a boundary up. How can I set healthy boundaries? And all of boundaries, since you brought up beautiful boundaries, boundaries are somatic. Boundaries are in the body. You can, in your mind, say, oh, I wasn't going to set a boundary there, right? But boundaries are constantly shifting. I did a full masterclass on boundaries because you have a right to constantly be checking in on yourself and it's with yourself. And it's better to really be aware of immediately when your energy starts to shift. We don't think about boundaries in that way. And when you start to get to know your own personal inundation, abandonment triggers, and really start to know your story around those ideas and those core body feelings inside of you, that is when you can set healthy boundaries for you. And you know that they're coming from a place of empowerment and truth and not of trauma. I actually wrote this whole post say that said, you know, the, the, this idea that the body doesn't lie. I'm sorry. The body does lie. You know why? Because your body, you might go, Oh, I'm feeling, I'm getting an intuitive hit. Like something's off. Okay. Yeah. Is that your trauma talking or right. is that your true self? The body is it intuition lies. or is it trauma? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do you, how do you really know? I am feeling that this person isn't a fit for me from my true power, my, my true soul is like, this isn't right. My intuition knows it's not right. Mm -hmm. How do you know that, you know, yourself on a deeper level, you know, your history, you know, what comes up for you, what, what comes up for you when stuff is off. A lot of us think, oh, you know, we go through life and like a bunch of different topics and stuff come in and like, we're always sort of dealing with different stuff. Mm. A lot of the time, the feelings that are arising have a very general theme. So when we start to know ourselves and know what brings up those feelings, what triggers us, then we can kind of calm down. Oh yeah, I know why this is coming up. It's not about getting rid of them. We're human. You can't 
get rid of trauma. Like, right. I mean, sorry, you can get rid of trauma. You can't get rid of your triggers. You can't get rid of your triggers. Right. But because it's part you of can... your personality. It's a part of what makes you tick. You know, it's like one of those things that you have to live with. And the way living with it can be way easier when you have the tools to quickly come back to yourself. Totally. That you is know the goal. What's funny. Sorry, I'm, I keep feel like I keep cutting no, no, no. you off. I, um, first of all, I love that you said that your boundaries can change. I have a friend of mine who's dating someone and she was saying like, you know, he asked if it was like cool if we're not necessarily monogamous since it's still new and that we can have the conversation when it's time. And she said, yeah, you know, I think that's totally fine. A couple weeks go by and she says, well, now I changed my mind and I can't say anything. And I said, says who? Yes, you can. Like you're entitled to change your mind. You're entitled to say, I've rechecked in with myself and I don't align with what I previously said. And there's a way that you can do that without being cruel, without throwing a fit. You know what I mean? Like, I like that you gave people permission. You're, it's a, you're allowed to check in with yourself and have a different answer than when you maybe originally stated something, you know? A hundred percent. That's so beautifully put. And the, the idea is that you can change your boundaries at any time and how people respond is not your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that is the difficult part of really on your own piece, not feeling guilt. A lot of people would rather self-sacrifice, self-abandon instead of disappointing others, which is why they don't like to have boundaries. So their energy gets drained but at least they're keeping the relationship right, right. in their in their mind. What and a powerful that, statement. You'd rather abandon yourself than abandon someone else. Than disappoint someone else. Yes. My jaw's on yes. the floor. I mean, how many of us had to hear that? I'm sure all of us can probably <laughs> feel like we've done that at some point, you know? Definitely. Definitely. And through through every choice that you make showing up for yourself and saying, you know, this is my truth right now. And being able to hold yourself no matter what the response is and saying, you're not bad. You haven't done anything wrong. You have a right to your own feelings and own space and really feeling into that truth. That is deeply healing. Mm -hmm. That is like childhood healing. Mm -hmm. And every time you do that, you're literally integrating new patterns inside of yourself. Right. And, and every boundary you set like that is a, a way for you to have more energy, more time, more just peace in your right. life. On you a know, something that level. I did in therapy, I was in therapy for years. I've been out of it for years. I'm so ready to get back in. I feel like it's like working out where for me, I don't necessarily have to work out because I'm losing weight. I'm going to work out to like keep a pattern. And that's kind of how I view therapy. I was in therapy for probably seven years on and off, mainly on. And I've been off for about two years. And I notice a difference, but I do also have some tools in my toolkit that are kind of fun to be able to like be like, wow, I used that on my own. Like that's pretty empowering. But one of the things that she had me do and was consistently reminding me of is that you can't treat a root issue with a shallow response. And what that means is like, what are you actually afraid of? Right? So I can't necessarily coach myself through, I don't want to hurt this person's feelings, so I'm not going to say this. It's almost like I 
know that I don't want to say something because I have a fear of being abandoned by a parent or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's like take care of the root issue. And so we did so much painful work to get to like, what is the root of everything? What is the root of everything? And almost everything is I have a fear of my mom dying. And not mm-hmm. like one day, I mean like suddenly, you know, like not being able to say goodbye, her not being taken care of, her being in any sort of pain. And what's funny mm-hmm. is that it comes up all the time. And I notice mm-hmm. it a lot with work where I will say like, well, I feel like I need to take on this client and now I'm stressed about it. I'm not stressed about not taking on the client. I'm not stressed about the money. I'm not stressed about any of this. I'm stressed that one of my biggest drivers is that I want to be able to retire my mom and buy her a house and like let her just like chill at some point. And there's a broken part of my brain, maybe not broken, like if I'm giving myself love, there's a part of my brain where I'm like, if I don't take the client, then I won't get the money. And at one point in time, will I not have clients? So I have to get the money now because if I do this now, then I have to make sure that I'm taking care of my mom because da, da, da. And in the moment, I now can stop myself and I take a deep breath and I just go, my mom's not going to die. Literally, I'll say that. My mom is not going to die because I've named my deepest fears Victor. And so I'll say, Victor, shut up. My mom is not going to die. Like, she's good. She's totally fine. I can say no to that client. And it's almost like everything melts away. It's like, oh, my deepest fear was not, am I going to get another client? Is It was, is my mom okay? Right? And it took me so long, one, to find that. And it took me a long time to not have shame around it. And Mm. now I own it. It's there. I'm very open about it. I will share that with anybody. I would share that with my mom. She listens to this sometimes. So it's not something that I'm even like, oh my God, why do I think this way? No, I think this way and that's it. And I would take it deeper and say, you know, thank you for sharing. That was really profound and such amazing work, like you said, to get to that place of understanding with yourself. Because a lot of times when people, when things come up, people get frustrated. Like, why is something so small irritating me? Well, like Ashley, you just described, there's sometimes deep things attached to the Chinese thing that. And, and with your mother's piece, it's, it shows you, wow, I have this deep sense of responsibility for my mom. Wow. Look at that. How does that translate? I have a deep sense of responsibility for every client. This is big weight that I'm holding, you know, bringing that awareness to Mm -hmm. your daily life. How can I free myself up and know, oh, I'm not responsible for anyone except myself, you know, stuff like that. That awareness that you got allows you to, again, support yourself on a daily basis so you can show up better for your clients. You can show up better for your mom. Every time you release that sign of that sort of weight, mm-hmm. you actually show up better. And this Fully goes back to that. what you were saying before with your car accident. You know, for us as your clients, you doing that work, you just choosing to find your sense of self and your sense of worth outside of your role mm-hmm. has allowed you to step into your truth, your power, your purpose on this planet, which is to serve women in online business. And, you know, I'm sure there's so many other things, purposes that you have, but this is the one that you are doing now that feels so juicy. And this is your purpose. And that is a gift. And without that work, you might still be working in New York City 
and 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 your purpose being delayed it mm. doing this work allows you to find your authentic path and doing it actually supports the world because it allows you to shine your lights quick more quickly well Again, and you know what else like rush, if i but... give myself credit i think it has been one of the greatest gift i've given myself i grew up in a family of therapists like we have therapists in the family we go to therapy like it's not like a thing so i thankfully had no shame around going to therapy trying different therapists i knew that that's a process so that's definitely never something that i had weighing on my shoulders if you're thinking about therapy and someone's judging you for it fuck them and go it's the best gift that you can mm -hmm. give yourself one of the yeah. things that I think was so powerful is the sense that like, I am pretty, I'm, de I'm a flawed, right? We all have our shit. I have not resolved everything. I would say maybe I'm like, you know, and I don't want to. And it, as I resolve things, more things come up. So it's like, it's not yeah. something you finish, right? No. So the thing here though, is that I'm really, really, I'm so motherfucking grateful that I'm at a place right now. This is my biggest gratitude on the planet. I say this often is that like, I allow, I do not put weight in my results and I can fuck something up and I'm good. I can say mm. the wrong thing to someone and I'm good. I can say, mm. I can go on a first date and make an ass out of myself and I'm good. I can yeah. lash out on someone totally inappropriately and apologize because I know that that's the right thing to do and it doesn't make mm me a bad person to apologize at all right so it's like i feel like i've gotten to an okay enough place i would not recognize myself at 27 like that bitch mm. is crazy not okay that's maybe like not the <laughs> kindest thing to say but like so so she had work with, to do she had some work to do obsessed yeah. with what people thought and always yeah. trying to please the wrong guys so that I could prove to mm -hmm. them that I was lovable and that I was worthy and come back and stay and that my job, I was the best one there and that like, look at all that I've accomplished. And it's like, all of that is so gone. And the fact that, you know, people ask me like, how do you think, what do you think the secret is to growing in your business? And I was like, I can fail. I can fail. Yeah. You know? I love that. I think all of us can identify with 27 year old Ashley. We've all in our lives like had been there we've all been there and i love your permission what you're saying is like you're giving yourself you give yourself permission every day to just be human mm -hmm. to just be able to continue to learn and shift in every moment as opposed to reprimanding yourself and making yourself bad and wrong which ultimately doesn't help you or anyone else right it, it just sort of throws a wrench in the process of anything so it's beautiful and and a really good reminder for us perfectionists like me out there. I'm constantly trying to remind myself it doesn't have to be perfect and that I I am human and naturally that means stuff's going to come up and I'm going to struggle and have those days and what's beautiful is that the work like you said is never finished. It's about how can you show up for yourself in those hard moments and how can you keep growing and and trusting through everything i hear that there's a deep trust within yourself too with just the fact that you trust yourself no matter what happens even if you do mess up you're gonna fix it right in a way that is authentic and and true to you right you know so. and it comes also to like cancel culture 
Um, people say like, how do you feel comfortable mm. talking about race? I'm just so nervous. I'm going to say the wrong thing. And I'm like, shift your thinking. No, you're going to say the wrong thing. The pr- that's yeah. not the point. The point, if somebody wants to, right? Yeah. I'm not going to tell anybody to speak on something they're not comfortable about or if they don't want to. My point is like, if there's something you want to talk about, don't focus on getting it right. Have faith that you can fix it when you get it wrong and, get, and exactly. give yourself the allowance like it's going to happen. I tell my team all the time, hey, we're going to try this new thing out. Let's allow ourselves 10 mistakes. More than that is going to be a little messy, but let's allow 10. And that gives my team space to say things like, okay, cool. So like, shoot, I have a typo in that email. Or Okay, well, I write my email, so I'll have a typo in my email. But like, oh, wow, I didn't get that thing connected. Cool. That's one of 10, right? So it's like giving yourself space to make mistakes. I'm going to say the wrong thing. You know, a really big unlearning for me is that I'm allowed to be angry because I had anger and I didn't know how to express it. And I thought it was bad to be angry. And then people would do fucked up shit and I would let them off the hook because I didn't want to be angry. Like anything to not be angry because I grew up with an angry parent and I didn't want to be like that because that is scary and it's wrong. And that was a level I don't want to get to ever. But I did the work also to kind of say, I feel like I'm like thinking I'm really self-important, guys. I have a lot of fucking shit to work out. Just know that. Um, But, you know, one of the things that I did was I gave myself permission. I have a podcast episode about this. Gave myself permission to be angry. If you cheat on me, I get to be mad. If you violate some sort of term of condition about me and how we are together as two humans, I'm mad and I'm allowed to be. I am not allowed to be violent. I don't personally want to allow myself to use obscenities or name call, but I'm allowed to be mad. Mm -hmm. And that was also a really big thing I had to learn was like, give yourself the space to feel the feelings and they can be big. You are allowed to have big feelings. I think a lot of people probably feel like that. A hundred percent. And, and one of the breaths I created actually was completely based on this idea of allowing women to fully feel into mostly rage. This, this was actually right around last year when George Floyd happened, there was so Mm. much in the collective happening, right. Around feeling, you know, as a, I, my, my friends who are people of color, they were feeling unseen, unheard, like finally it was starting to, you know, more awareness was being shared, but there was just so much feeling and emotion. So I held this class and it was important, I think, to just start to express some of it out, out of the body, however that feels. Because to me, there can be a level of self-abandonment that comes with anger. Mm. So let me go, let me explain further. Yeah. Anger is so healthy. It is such a human emotion. It is deeply powerful. And there is a space to really express in your own energy, the anger, express the sort of immediate trigger of, ah, just fuck you sort of stuff, right? That's important to express. That is why people stop themselves from getting angry because that is initially sort of what comes out. Sure. How can you express that in your own space, feel into it, allow yourself to fucking go for it and then still in your feelings, but then come to the person. 
so that you're not creating more harm, not just for the other person, but mostly for yourself, mm -hmm. mostly for you. Mm -hmm. How can you not self-abandon in that, in that energy with anger? It's really amazing to have your own practice of getting it out. So I created this breath around this time. Essentially, it's a really exaggerated lion's breath in yoga. So you come from your gut, you come from your freaking pelvis and gut area and you open mm -hmm. up your throat chakra and you take a huge deep breath in and then you stick your tongue out and you just do a huge exhale if you want to do sound you can it just goes mm, like fire breathing fire breathing and this taking 10 deep breaths when you're in anger of that nature and just saying like in your head like all the things like, you want to ah! say here i am fucking see me ah like i'm done with this yes it was i was trying it was to initiate healing for you first that's the most important thing mm -hmm. and with last year again it felt like a time to really allow people to be angry but right. how can we do it in a way that is supportive to you which is ultimately you know, why we're here. And from that, from there, once you let all that out, Ooh, then you can really move into a space of empowered anger and just saying, Oh no, 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 we're not doing like it like this. Mm -hmm. I had a situation with a client a few weeks ago and I just said, I, I was very upset because, um, he actually was sending me passive aggressive text messages about, mm -hmm. you know, essentially about my contract, which is, you know, a 24 hour cancellation policy. He had missed so many and I, I enacted it and he did not like that. I enacted that boundary. And I said, you know, um, I had to let out the, my own frustration within myself of, of allowing someone to sort of continuously slightly push my boundary. Sure. It was like any like inch like I touch. gave. Yeah. It was like he took a mile at, or he took, you know, he took a foot and I was like, oh God, like all of a sudden we're over here. How did this happen? Mm -hmm. it, I was angry at myself, but sure. I was able to show up. I was, I was, I felt that kind of like the email you sent yesterday about that client that you dealt with. <laughs> I was like, oh girl, I feel this energy of like, no, no okay, we're, we're not going to go here right now. We're not going to do this. I'm right. setting this boundary. And I, I had to, you know, it was beautiful. Cause it was a, the second I released that client and that was the only client that I've had an issue with at all. Um, you know, most of the women that every woman I, I work with, they show up on time and we're so in flow. We're like both excited for the session. And for him, it was a very interesting energy of, you know, you work for me and you should always be on call type energy, very similar to your email. And it just felt so unaligned for me. I, I thought this is not the right. This it doesn't feel feels, good. This feels like uh, icky. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I, I did those goddess breaths and I just then was able to go into the call with him very straightforward, definitely feeling anger anger in a way of like, don't fuck with me and don't speak to me like that ever again. Don't speak to anyone like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was able to not go into my, my little trauma stuff, you know, sure. of like 
see me, hear me, like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so that that is a little bit for me around anger. Of course, sometimes fuck you is completely ne needed. Sometimes fuck the goddess breath and you, you need to say, this is, this is how I feel. However, again, how can you not self-abandon? It's a check-in. What a, a great check way to word it too. Like I didn't even think about that. Like when you're choosing somebody else's safety over yours, like you are truly, if all of our deepest fear is abandonment, which I believe all of us at least have it, even if it's not our number one trigger, we all have that. And if that's something we all have, then why aren't we focused on our own abandonment? You know, why aren't we focused on like, but what about, what about, okay, they're safe, cool. Like, I don't want to say the wrong thing to them. That's valid. That's kind. That's great. First, are you okay and taken care of and safe and feeling good within yourself? Not because they did this, not because they made you feel safe. Do you on your own is kind of the work that you want to strive for, I would think, right? A hundred percent. And most of us, feel more comfortable self-abandoning mm -hmm. than disappointing others because disappointing others leads us to feelings of not being lovable, of being too much, of being too demanding. And those feelings are worse than the self-abandonment. Does that make sense? So Bully. we're trying to Bully. avoid all of these feelings. We're trying to avoid disappointing someone else so we don't have to feel like crap we don't have to right. feel the weight of what that means as opposed to really knowing that other people's reactions and their stuff has nothing to do with us mm -hmm. once you feel into that once you feel in and know that whoever it is it has nothing to do with you and you have a right to to step up for yourself that's when so many things shift for right. me personally i'm super good at doing it with at you know setting boundaries and not feeling like i'm disappointing people that aren't very close to me but when it mm -hmm. comes to like the deepest people in my life i'm i was still kind of behaving in ways where I was trying to really let them know, maybe through over-explanation of where I was coming from. Even over-explaining over gives energy away. But right. that's how- You don't need to explain. Be. You don't need to explain. Mm -hmm. And what I'm really stepping into, I feel like naturally, oh my gosh, these, it's not even effort. It's really cool. It's just like, I'm really not, I'm not showing up in the ways that I used to. What I realized the last two weeks was that I allowed other people's stories to take me away from my purpose and my path and what I'm currently working on. When right. I look at the most powerful women in the world, people in the world, the coaches that I follow on Instagram, I can see, I know that they don't let anything interrupt with their connection with self. They don't let a partnership, they don't let family, they 90% of the time, maybe even more, keep steady and keep forward. Mm -hmm. That their soulmate, their sole purpose is themselves first and foremost. And that is what allows them to build 
empires and make impacts on millions of people and thousands of people. And because I guess what, like your success won't get your parents' attention if they are not giving it to you. Your success won't have your partner love you more. Your success won't make you, you know, get the motivation to lose the weight that you've been wanting to lose. It won't make your, you know, it won't, none of, it doesn't happen, you know, like, and you, yeah. you can't control anything. You can control yourself and all of these things. And it's like, you know, it's something I always say to my clients is they're like, what, sh- what should I do in this situation? And I always say, what feels good? Well, I don't want to take the money. Then don't. You know what the answer is, you know? Yes. Hey, guys, don't – if yes. you never want to give me any money for your business, that's the <laughs> advice you might get. So just ask yourself, does this feel right? Does it feel good? I mean, I know it's a good opportunity, but should I, should I – does it feel good? Because you yes. know. You yes. know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're able to show up for people from that place of overflow, that place of just, okay, yeah, this is, I'm, I would love to show up for you because I have the energy and I have the space, not from a, oh, my worth is, is attached to showing up for you. That is when you really can make such a deep impact because both parties feel that difference. You know, it's funny. I follow this girl. I don't want to blast her. I follow this girl on Instagram. She has like a million followers and she's a personal trainer. She, you know, that's her whole account being a personal trainer Um, in like a Pilates space, very much like a self-love space, very much like give yourself you know, freedoms to do X, Y, and Z, eat the cheese, have the carbs. But like, here's some different things that we can do together to like work out. Right. Yeah. And her husband is, let's say like a touch overweight. He's, you know, fine, but he's a little bit overweight. And she's always saying like, I keep trying to get him to come work out with me. I keep trying to get him to come work out with me. And he, he just won't listen. It's not his thing. Da, 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 da. And she wrote on Instagram months ago, but she said something like, I decided to give up. I had a download and a meditation. Stop, stop, stop mm-hmm. forcing him. Like let him live his life. Like, I know that you come from a place of caring. I know that you're concerned about his health. I know that you want him to be around for the kids. Like, stop. And so she was like, I don't know what happened in that moment. I released all attachment to it. How he is is the way he is moving forward. And I'm here to love and support him. And guess what he started doing? Yeah. Going to the gym. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like we all feel these like little subconscious vines, uh, mm-hmm. our expectations. And if we feel that you don't want to do it because you're like, I need to do it. You know, I don't I don't want to do this, this and this because like I had a boyfriend once who was like, we should like work out together. Or we should go to the gym together. And I went to the gym and there was a part of me where I was like, well, now I never want to go again because what are yes. you trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> you know, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's just like Um, one example. It could mean anything. It could be like about achievements or about kids or it's like the more you live in your truth, you allow and give other people permission to live in theirs. And part of living in your truth is saying like the way that you live yours is not mine to judge, you know? Yes. A lot of the times when we're having those pulls, it's this, it's this feeling of this, this needs to occur for me to feel okay. Oh, you lose weight. So I can feel okay. And when we're operating from that space, there's always going to be another thing to get done to feel okay. Mm -hmm. And that's why I do the work that I do is to show you right now, 
think, how can you be okay? Because if you're worth, if you're saying when I lose 10 pounds, when I get this job, when I make 200,000 a year, when I have this house, when I have a kid, if you're contingent on all of these things, if this is how you're setting up your life, then I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. There will always be another thing that you have to wait on for you to be okay. Right. And that is really, really hard. And like that story you told her releasing that released him, which allowed him to then show up and do, do whatever he wants to do. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, that, that need, that desire that she had, it was so pure in its intention, right? That's what we, we like to believe. We like to believe she was doing it for his health, for her family, for all that. And also the deeper truth is that it was attached to her abandonment. I don't want to be abandoned and I want him around. And that was the deeper truth there. And through Mm -hmm. the feeling that she did, she was able to say, I'm going to be okay no matter what. That's the other deep piece of through that meditation was I'm okay. I'm not going to be abandoned no matter what. If he leaves, if, if something happens, I'm still here. I'm not abandoned. That was the deeper healing there on a lot of levels. And he was able to feel, oh, I'm making my own decisions. I'm feeling that this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to move forward. And even if he didn't, you know, even if he didn't, that was his choice too. And, and then everybody le- lives honestly a little bit more peacefully because it's like, we're yes. all going to just allow each other to move through this thing called life, you know, like the way that we are de- all deciding to do it. Um, yes. I mean, wow. Yes. Kate, I mean, I could literally talk to you for hours about this because I think that what you're doing is so impactful. One of the craziest things I think is that you do this work with people. You offer this to people, which to me is kind of crazy. I've heard some of the names that you have done this for. And guys, she's not like, she's doing this with powerful people. Um, And when I hear about your client roster and your past client roster, I'm like, okay, so I'll never be able to afford your services ever in my entire life. And then I realize that you've made this attainable for people, which is the coolest thing. So Um, if people are interested in working with you and interested in having some sort of like breath work, work with you or releasing these trauma bonds or connecting with their deeper self, all of the different things that we've discussed, you do this stuff with people, which is one of the best things is that I know that some of you are like, I know we're all taking mental notes. Yes, that's something that I need to tap into. Oh my gosh, I I need to think about that for myself. That's something I want to journal on. That's something I'm, I want to take note of, whatever it is we all are walking away with this with some mental notes. I'm, I have some mental notes. I've taken some notes over here. So if you want Kate to be doing this with you, you can feel supported. And Kate, if they wanted to find more information from you, where can they find you? Yes. You can find me on Instagram and you can find me on my website. The link is in my bio, in my Instagram. I'm Kate C coffee. We'll also put the link in the show notes. Sorry. Yeah. Kate C. Coffee C-O-F-F-E-Y. Yes. 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 And you can find me there. And I would love to hop on a call with anyone who is, you know, felt, felt something from this, this podcast. And I'm doing one-on-one work right now. And I have my group program transmute and thrive. I'm launching again in July. Mm -hmm. It was quite a powerful month 
we did it for the month of April, the first round, and the women had amazing, amazing things to say. And I'm so excited to do it again to just deepen the learning that we already did the first round and offer. I mean, this, people like, saying this that work. they they got more from one session than multiple, multiple, multiple sessions of therapy. Like, guys, this is yeah. not this is not some you know you got to be ready right and some of us yeah. are ready some of yeah. us know especially the entrepreneurs who are listening you all know that i say your business is only as halted as your mindset if you have demons then so does your business your business will not grow without tapping into some of these inner triggers because you need to be able to handle your triggers as much as you're handling your monthly recurring revenue like come on guys you know so I think that one of yes. the biggest things that you can do for your professional development is to take fucking care of you first, first. Yes. And I would say, you know, a lot of people, why do people hesitate? They're nervous about opening up doors that they're not going to be able to close. Like that can be an anxiety that comes up. And I will just share that the women I work with walk away every session feeling better, no matter what mm. we touch on, that they look forward, even after a full day of work, they look forward to our sessions. They know that it is a space to fully relax, be themselves, to tap into their just beingness and let everything go from the day. And through the embodiment practices, they walk away feeling lighter every single session, no matter what comes up doing during it. I make it a, a point to say to my clients, I will not leave you in a space of what I call fragmentation or of just feeling ungrounded. I will go over and until you feel good. And I think that's important because a lot of people feel nervous around healing work because they don't know how they're going to feel after. You know, so, I have clients I who actually have canceled calls with me, which I completely allow at all times, um, depending. But, you know, I have clients cancel all the time saying, I just got out of therapy. I cannot show up. I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. I need a full day to recover from this. I have to cancel everything. And there's a part of me where I'm like, God, that's rough, you know? And that, yeah. if I were to hear that as a friend to that person, I would be like, well, I'm never going to therapy. Like I need my day. Like I was nervous about the vaccine, you know? Right. Yes. Yes. And I think a lot of people walk away, you know, they have 50 minutes, an hour, and then they're cut off no matter what's going on with them. And they are just sort of left in a sea of emotions. And Again, that's why the body work is so amazing because it allows you to come back to a place of, ah, okay, here I am again. And how can I approach my life from here? And this is ongoing work, of course, but I fully agree. I had a client that was working with another therapist and with me. And she'd be like, I'm so glad I see you the day after my therapist. Cause I'm always a mess after I have a call with her. And it just made me feel sad. I thought, Oof, I know that that's sometimes going to happen, but I think it's really important in the healing process that you have tools to, to take care of yourself. Totally. And that's why traditional therapy for me sometimes in my life, I just felt like it didn't really 
support me as much as I was hoping because I felt totally lost. Like, what do I do now? Do right. I call my mom and talk? Do I talk, talk to a friend? And yeah, so like now, now I'm broken I, open and now everyone can yes, see and now I'm open. vulnerable. And I have no idea what to do now. Yeah. Right. And that's exactly what I don't do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this is why you're so special, guys. Everybody follow Kate. She is incredible. Before we go, um, I always do a fun little personality quiz, um, and it's kind of fun. Are you up for it? I'm up for it, yeah. Okay, it is a three-question <laughs> personality quiz, okay? And it's super easy, okay. um, but they're all going to tell you something about you, Okay. Well, okay. it's technically six questions. Yeah. It's going to be a question. Why'd you answer that way? Okay. So the first question okay. is – what order does it go in? Okay. The first question is, what is your favorite animal? And it could be an animal that you've owned. It could be an animal you've never seen because you're fascinated by it. It could be an animal that you love at the zoo. But, like, what is your favorite animal? My favorite animal is an elephant. Okay. And I want you to give me three um, things – about an elephant that you love, like qualities? Yes. I love how connected they are to their family. They're very mm -hmm. sociable creatures. Mm -hmm. I love their size. I think they're just amazing how huge they are. I have been to India and just been able to be around them. And oh my gosh, just they're magical creatures. Awesome. Okay, so the second question is, what is your favorite piece of clothing? And so this is something that could be nostalgic. I never want to get rid of this shirt, even though it was like from when I was a baby. Or this piece always makes me feel sexy, even if I just wear it like once a year. Or, oh my God, I love my sweatpants. I wear them every single day and I feel comfy in them. My favorite piece of clothing right now um, is my Rachel Comey tiger jacket mm. it's like a 1950s cut jacket so it's like cool. loose and so funky the pattern is actually like light blue stripe but it's so subtle you can't see it and it's mm -hmm. uh light orange and anytime I put it on like I just look so much funkier and cooler I'm someone that there is very funky with the way she dresses and changes all the time with how, how I dress and that jacket in particular like if I'm in the most basic outfit, I put it on and I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, here I am. I always like to make a statement with my clothing. So Love it. that's my So I need piece. another three words to describe this jacket. Okay. It is. Have you done this quiz before? No. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is. I, I don't want to say loud. Hold on. It is. unique okay it is colorful and it is a, a statement that doesn't that doesn't work it is uh unusual unusual i would say yeah is that too like unique um maybe it's too Maybe. Do you want to do another? Different. It's different. Just say maybe different. Different. It's different. Cool. 
And then the last one is a body of water. So what is your favorite body of water? It could be, I love um, this tiny little stream that's in the backyard of the house I grew up. It could be, I love the lake, in, this lake in, you know. Yeah, where I love, I love. I love Redfish Lake. It's my favorite body of water. Redfish Lake. What yeah. is that? Redfish Lake. It's in Idaho. Wow. It's so gorgeous. I'm going to go there in a few weeks. Oh my gosh. I want to and the, it's, yeah, I'm going to be, oh, it's just going to be gorgeous. So yeah, Redfish Lake is my favorite body of water. Okay. And then same thing again what three um, words three words so it's it's calm mm -hmm. so very very calm waters it's crystal clear and it's vast like it's just it just sort of it it wraps around this huge mountain and it's just gorgeous you know it's cold water and and all of that and just oof it's just magical so okay. magical are you ready <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> okay so the animal that you choose and the way that you describe it is how you view yourself and you said mm -hmm. connected with family social and it takes up space and that they're magical mm -hmm. i love that do you think that, that <laughs> describes you i do i do think that it describes me. I also think what's cool about an elephant is they all have unique personalities. And I think that is something that I value a lot in people, like mm. just whatever, whoever they are being themselves. I just, I own that. I love that. No matter who you are, whether we vibe or not, if you're being yourself, like I, I respect you. Yeah. I respect like elephants, it. Yeah. Elephants just, they have that kind of energy. So the next one is your favorite piece of clothing. And this is how you feel others view you. And you said your Rachel Comey jacket and you said mm. unique, colorful and different. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I would say loud too, in the sense of yeah, like, yeah. Cause funky, you almost said like it. Funky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely a little funky. That's awesome. Which, yeah. Awesome. The last one is always an interesting one. The last one is the body of water. And you said calm, clear, vast, and that it kind of like wraps around. And the way that you describe a body of water is how you view sex. Mm, interesting. I love that. Honestly, I think sex is a spiritual practice in and of itself. One of my mentors today, he wrote how sex reflects everything in your life. So mm. whatever patterns you're doing in your life show up in the bedroom. And I think that that is so true. Integrative body psychotherapy is so connected to sex. Um, I, I didn't go into it, but the entire breath, the way that they view a breath is kind of like an orgasm and like the build and then the exhale, like the the sort of after effects so um listen vast clear i mean again i use sex as my spiritual practice i think sex is such a way to connect to self and others and it's that that juicy point of like 
meshing with someone else, but really holding your own energy and how to play with that. So mm-hmm. those, uh, those adjectives make sense to me. Awesome. <laughs> well, well, there we go. Kate coffee for you, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining. You know, you're somebody who I can't stop singing their praises enough. And okay. I think that what you're doing is so rare because you're so passionate about this. You can't stop learning more. And, you know, you're somebody who is really saying, like, I want to be here. I want to be helpful. I want to guide. Um, You know, you're someone who I feel like you talk to and you immediately trust. And it's probably your own knowing that just, like, emanates off of you. And it's just really beautiful to be able to, like, interact with. Oh, Ashley, thank you so much. It's just such a pleasure to talk to you anytime I get on the call with you. It's like the best thing ever. This was Yesterday so much we fun. had a call and I was like having such a down day and I was like, oh my God, I get to talk to Kate. And when we got on the <laughs> phone, I was like, hi. <laughs> like, <laughs> Honestly, anytime I talk to you, my day is so much better. Like my week is better. I'm like, how can I keep this going? That's why I'm so joining your freaking membership. Like I'm so excited because more Ashley energy in my life means I'm going to be more in my badass self energy, (laughs) more in my productive energy, more in my excitement expansion. Like that is what being in your world brings to me. So you're so nice. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for being here. Everybody give her a follow and use that mantra guys, get off of here, sit with yourself, really feel like yourself coming inward and say that statement, I am. Say that out loud. Use that a few times and see if you can integrate that into your daily routine. Um, Try to integrate that when you're maybe feeling vulnerable and remembering that you can do whatever you are feeling in tune with right? And when you're feeling aligned and to start sending yourself some love if you're not already. Kate, you're the best. Thank you for being here. Thank Thank you for doing this. Guys, we will see you next time on the Daily Hype Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And that's a wrap on the Daily Hype Podcast for today. I hope that you enjoy this and I hope you come back for more. Thank you guys so much, by the way, for the reviews. That is so big for a podcast. And listen, if you're not reviewing, at least you're sharing this with your friends. You're telling me that you love this. You're putting this on Instagram. It means the world to me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will see you next time.